cloud. Hi there, my name is Michael Harris. I am guest of Fall, or I'm the host of Falling Up Radio. Our guest will be here in a moment. I'm the host, she's the guest. But before we get to her, which I'm really excited to do, you know, Falling Up Radio is really a show about helping others be inspired and motivated to really take their life to the next level, really find it, finding a way to live that's really fulfilling and vision-filled and love-filled in all that they do. Um, I'm also author of the, the number one best-selling book, Falling Down, Getting Up. This was number one in stress, recovery, and yoga. And you can get a free download of it if you just go to there, fallingdowngettingup.com, really easy. But enough about me. I want to get to our guest right away because, you know, I really want you, if you don't have a notepad in front of you, you might want to take notes um, for our guest. Um, I met her earlier this year at a business event, and we had a chance recently to eat at True Foods in Phoenix, and it was a total delight to, to spend the evening with her. And another plant food um, professional advocate lover as well, and we, we just uh, reveled in, in all the plant food that, that we had that night. So let me tell you just a little bit about her, then I want Lydia to, to jump in. Um, Lydia, as a child, her mother was fairly strict. She was like a vegan. There is a difference, by the way, between vegan and plant-based, and maybe Lydia can uh, mention that in a little while. So she was, uh, her mom like didn't want her to eat candy or Captain Crunch cereal or any of that stuff. So she was exposed to this early on and then developed some health issues at various periods of her life, was in law school and really got stressed out and, and dived back in, into health food. But she says she really, really loves health food. And the thing too that I like about Lydia is she explodes this myth that somehow plant-based eating is expensive. I mean, she talks about a budget of $30 a week for plant-based eating. So if that's something that appeals to you, having really great plants to eat and saving a ton of money, then again, take notes. So Lydia, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you here today. I look forward to diving into everything that you have to teach us. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm really, really happy to be here. And our connection was just immediate. And as soon as you mentioned to me that we need to start chatting, I was, I was on board. So thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us a little bit, was it tough as a child to have a, a mother that was making you eat carrots and broccoli and somebody, your friend's mother was giving them suckers to eat? Yeah, you know what? It was as a young kid and watching all of my friends um, eating their Captain Crunch and their potato chips and their Oreos. And it was at a time, and I'm dating myself, I'm in my 50s, we used to have uh, delivery trucks that came around the neighborhood delivering uh, pretzels and candies and popcorn and so on. And we were never allowed. So um, I, was, I was always the odd man out. And, um, you know, I grew up eating meat when I was younger. And I remember distinctly sitting at the dinner table uh, having to eat liver and onions. And I remember looking down at my plate thinking, what the heck is this? And I asked my mother and she told me 
where it came from and I couldn't believe it. And that was like my first little, you know, um, insight into, oh my God, what is on my plate? So and how then, old were you at that point? Uh, I was probably, I'd say eight, seven, okay. seven, eight years old, really young. And I suffered through having to eat that. And at a certain point I said to my sister, you know, I can't believe that you finished all of that liver. It was disgusting. And she had said to me, hey, what you don't know is that I'm chewing it and I'm shoving it in my socks. And she <laughs> shoved all the liver in her socks, be asked to get excused and go and dump it down the toilet. But now, that's uh, a great idea. I never did that. I hated liver too, but I like hamburgers and hot dogs. Did you have hamburgers and hot dogs? Yeah, I mean, hamburgers and hot dogs, that was a big deal. And um, to this day, I still think about bacon cheeseburgers and hot dogs. Ah. Um, but it was, you know, at a certain point, my parents got divorced when I was probably, I'd say 12, 13. And my mother went on this, um, you know, she was transforming and transitioning into new life. And I think that that's when food really came into play. And plus she was a single mom. So, and there was four of us kids and we had to be really careful about the food that we ate. Uh, we couldn't, um, we had to make the food last. And uh, that's how I learned how to cook because I was in charge of uh, making meals for the family. Wow. Were, were, were you the oldest? No, I was second in line. Okay. That's a year older than me, but it was something that I just loved. And I was the responsible kid in the family. And wow. um, I got bored with the food that I was making. So each night it, it was a different theme. I'd have a Japanese night. I'd have a, you know, an Indian night, and I'd spread things out on the on the table, and that's. And was this all plant based, like vegan um, plant? -based no, that was just me learning how to cook, mm, and okay. seeing that I could how far I could stretch a meal or how far I could stretch ingredients, and um, even though we did have some meat in the house, my mother wasn't eating meat, but she did have meat for us kids, but. You know, we were we were poor. We were on welfare, and there was only so much that we were allowed to have. If we had um, a couple of pieces of chicken, that would have to last us. Wow. And would would you grow any of your own food too, or? Um, we did have a garden when I was younger, growing up. Um, but then when my parents got divorced, um, all of us uh, squeezed into a tiny little two-bedroom townhouse, so there was no garden. Um, it was just, you know, finding out where we could get the best value for our money. So I was always aware of that. And then um, when I left home, well, let me back up a little bit. So as I went through life, we went through this transition because my mother was learning how she wanted to eat and wanted to instill those good habits on us. So no longer could we have the cookies in the house. We didn't, we didn't have the budget for it, but she didn't want us to eat junk. So our choice was you can have, if you want dessert or a snack, you can have fruit and nuts. They're like fruit and nuts, forget it. And then, you know, when other kids were having their bologna sandwiches or their salami sandwiches and milk for um, lunch, I went to school and I remember I was so embarrassed I would go with whole wheat bread. I couldn't have the Wonder Bread. And we would have these chickpea sandwiches or these healthy sandwiches. And 
back in the day, I used to be embarrassed that I would have, I didn't know what this food was, but it wasn't what everybody else was having. Now, as, as a kid, would you ever like trade a vegetable sandwich for a bologna sandwich? I mean, you, you must have wanted it. I wanted it, absolutely. And it turned out that the kids had asked me, they said, what are you eating? And I said, oh, it's this sandwich my mom made it. Well, can I try? And then at a certain point, kids were asking me to trade sandwiches with them. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I start to see value in what I was eating. And then I didn't want to let it go because I was the only one that was eating it. Yeah. Did your mom know or did he keep it a secret at the time? No, I, I, I told my mom. I told oh. my mom everything. Yeah. Oh, you did? And would, would she laugh or scold you? Um, she wouldn't scold me, but she said, you know, what I'm eating is so much healthier and she's giving me this food for my health and that I should eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but I, I remember that I, I went through life as a young kid thinking, oh my God, why can't I be like other kids and have all these goodies on the shelves? And I remember saying to myself, when I leave the house at 18, all I'm going to have is Captain Crunch and potato chips. That's it. <laughs> and when I left the house uh, and I started to live on my own, I did do that. I went out and I got all the junk food that I could get. And uh, I ate that way probably for about a week and I was over it. I didn't like it. It was not fulfilling. And um, I was just always on some sort of a healthy outlook. So, so part of that, when, when, when you did that and turned 18 and started eating that way, yeah. I mean, I know sometimes we, we want something or dream of something a certain way, and sometimes having that desire or dream is more important than actually having whatever that dream is. Correct. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. Is, is that what was going on, do you think, a little bit? I think so, and it was because I wasn't, uh, it wasn't part of my household. And I wasn't allowed. And um, I made this um, big deal out of that food. And once I was able to have it, I realized that it really wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, you know, it, there was also something uh, significant that happened for me and that, that really put um, food and um, other environmental um, impacts on me. It, it came to fruition when I found out that I had uh, ulcerative colitis. Wow. And um, I, I knew... How, how, how old were you then? Well, I, I realized that I had symptoms probably in my late teens. I didn't say anything to anybody because I was, I was embarrassed by it. Um, and then when I was 18, I knew um, I had gone to a doctor. I was really, really sick. And that's when they had diagnosed me. And at that point, nobody talked about the correlation between your um, illness or dis-ease and the food that you're putting in or the stress or, you know, the, the environment. And uh, it took me up until, um, I'd say right before, after I graduated um, Berkeley and, and went into law school and I was really, really sick. I, I had already changed my diet so that I was more plant-based. And um, when I was in law school, because it was such high stress, um, I was really, really sick. And I ended up going to the campus doctor. And, and I'd been asking doctors throughout the years, isn't there a connection between what I'm eating and my illness? And shouldn't I be 
plant-based or vegan or vegetarian? And they said, no, there's absolutely no correlation. And when I was so incredibly ill during law school, um, I had asked the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you absolutely have to go back to eating meat right now. As soon as you leave here, you have to go to the grocery store. Well, so, so, so did you know at the time that the stress was affecting you and that mm -hmm. was, no, you, you didn't realize it at the time. I really didn't make that connection at all. Um, I think it's just a process. Um, you know, I, I didn't have any examples around me. I didn't know anybody else that had my illness. Uh, I was in a community that I didn't see anybody that was into alternative health or having healthy lifestyles. And uh, it was just me being incredibly sick that I looked for other avenues. But and, um, and did, you doing good in school, did you like law school or did you not like it? Um, I loved law school. I did not like the Socratic method. And I didn't like the fact that professors um, took glee in humiliating students and having to stand there and uh, be humiliated and questioned and being made a fool of for that entire hour of the class. And sometimes that went in, you had an entire week where it was just you. And that was um, high stress, high pressure, I liked what I was learning. I didn't like the methods. And ultimately, I had to make the decision, is this something that I want to go forward with or do I want to um, leave? Yeah. And um, that really was the culmination of everything where I knew that I had to change what I wanted to do in life, my outlook on life. I needed to take my health seriously. And it was about... Um, I'd say a year, maybe two years after I left law school that uh, I decided to become pregnant. And when I decided to become pregnant, that really changed everything for me because here I was growing another life and um, I wanted to make sure that I gave my child an absolute perfect start to his life. And that is when I changed everything. I stripped everything for my body and I worked my way up. And I just became um, a filter of goodness for my child. And uh, was so with, with, with all the food and, and even like your, your, your mind and your emotions and everything. Everything, absolutely everything. And, um, you know, as, as you become a mother, and you're thinking about this life, you want to be the good example. I think that most of us want to be like that. And so the way that I ate while my um, son was in utero, um, that just continued after he was born. So when I was pregnant, my eating was so clean. I didn't want any meat. I didn't want coffee. I didn't want sweets. The only bad thing that I wanted was a crumb donut. One crumb donut. <laughs> And one, one, one a day or just one? Just, just one. I, I was just on a mission that I had to have this crumb donut. And I sent um, uh, a friend at the time to go and get it. And, and uh, once I got it, I took a bite and I said, okay, I'm done. And uh, that was pretty much it. And I made all of my son's food, all of it. Um, so, so, so stop for a minute. So what, yeah. what I've heard so far 
Yeah. That when you turned 18, you wanted to eat all this food. Yep. You did it for a week. Yep. And you didn't do it. Then, then again, you did the same thing, but only with a crumb donut. Correct. You did essentially the same thing again. Same thing again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And that is an interesting pattern over my life where I think that I really want something because it's stuck in my brain that I have to have it or I want it. And then when I taste it, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, so after, after my son was born, I just decided that I felt good. I didn't have to deal with my colitis. Um, and that started to change things for me. And that's when I started to do a lot of research about what was good for my body, what was good for my son. Because like I said, I made everything from scratch, no can, no box, nothing. And at that time I did have a garden and, um, yeah, I was just, I was happy. I was healthy. I felt like there was it wasn't at that time that I made the connection with whatever I put in my body, my mind as well um, heals from that and I feel better and my mood is better. I didn't make that connection until much, much later. And um, I had, you know, at, at times I had tried meat again. I, I, and let me tell you this, I love meat. I love the taste of meat. I have all of those memories of meat. I think about meat every single day. I think about bacon cheeseburgers every day. I think about carnitas every day, but um, I've been this way for about 20 years where I am plant-based. And um, at a certain point it was, as I was eating plant-based and feeling good about myself and seeing how my body changed and my body didn't ache and I could really um, control my ulcerative colitis, which eventually, I had diverticulitis as well in the upper tract of my intestines. Um, I started to make that mind-body connection. And then other things came into play where um, even though I had a really good diet, I knew that there were still stress factors. And so that's when I started to incorporate meditation and I incorporated yoga because I really wanted to heal and deal with the whole person and not just one aspect of my- Now, when you said you really wanted to heal, what was your primary thing you wanted to heal? I didn't want to deal with my colitis ever again. Or, you know, it's, and I don't know if you know about ulcerative colitis. I do. But, uh, yeah, and for the listeners um, or whoever's watching this, if you don't know about it, it is when you're in its simplest form, when your intestines are lined with ulcers. And um, I had a lot of internal bleeding. I was in a lot of pain. I could never leave the house without knowing where a bathroom was at all times. Um, and there was nobody to talk to. I've, I had a lot of embarrassing moments and I knew that if I ate certain foods, that would trigger me. And just by having a certain food, uh, I would have to deal with the results of eating that food. It could last for two days. It could last for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So I was always very aware of, of the food. So the ulcerative colitis was, was the main, main reason why I now, stayed. For you, was there a particular food or beans or something that particularly affected that more than another food? Yeah. So um, I, 
as I was experimenting with different things that were going into my body, I came across Dr. Davis's book, um, um, uh, Wheat Belly. Mm -hmm. And I love that book. And I read it from front to back and I thought, all right, I'm going to experiment with it. And lo and behold, when I took grains out of my diet, my inflammation disappeared. Really? Yeah. And um, my joints stopped hurting. Um, I felt like the fuzziness from my brain, that brain fog, that went away. I felt like I had even more energy and that was just by taking away the grains. So now present day, uh, I'd say probably for the last three to four years, I'm pretty much grain free. And that is because I need, I don't want to have any issues with my gut. It's not like, it's not like it's gone away. Um, but I traded having to be on four to five different medicines for now. Um, I might have one medicine if I'm, for whatever reason, I might be in the throes of uh, my illness, but it is pretty much flatline as far as what I have to deal with in comparison to all the drugs. And it was drug after drug after drug. So I'm taking these drugs. I can't sleep. Okay. Have a sleeping pill. Okay. Well, the sleeping pill along with these drugs, it's giving me a headache. Okay. We'll take this pill for your headache and the sleeping pills and these drugs. Oh, well, you know, this is still an issue. Why don't you use an enema? So it was this whole table and I have pictures of it that I, I saved all the meds and I, and I um, just put it on a table and it was mind blowing how much of this crap I was putting into my body when really yeah, I could I, control it. Yeah. When, when did you start taking meds? Was that like at 18 or more when you were in a law school or? I think my meds started probably, um, probably when I was around 21. 21. Yeah, they put me on um, uh, azulfidines, mesensalamines, things like that. And they made me sick. And I yeah. took them anyhow. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep going. Okay, so um, where was I um, with the diet and stripping? Oh, yeah, stripping the grains from my body. And um, that was really, really challenging because I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know how to cook without grains. I didn't know really how to make my plate without grains. And uh, that actually was a godsend because it opened up another world for me. All of a sudden, I would learn about my, you know, here's a complete protein that I could be taking a buckwheat, or I could go ahead and do um, banana flour, or I could use some cassava flour, some yucca root, things like that. So it, it, it allowed me to branch out and be more creative. Initially, I was spending a lot of time in, um, in the kitchen. I felt like I could have brought a cot in the kitchen and just slept there. But after a while and with experience, you learn what works and what doesn't work. And then I started to have a system and a rhythm about how I did things. And at a certain point, it was probably when my son was, um, he was probably in the seventh grade and my son is now 20, he'll be turning 21. And uh, I've been asking him for a very long time, I think that you need to be plant-based as well or vegetarian, he would say no. So like my mother, I was buying food for him, but I was eating a different way. 
And then um, we had some cousins come over who are also uh, plant-based. And that's when he said to me, okay, I want to be, I want to be vegetarian. I said, listen, this is, it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It is a lifestyle. If I'm getting rid of all of the meat in the house, you need to know that I will never bring it in again, ever. And he said, okay. So that's how my kids. And is he, does he still eat that way? Yeah. My son is a vegetarian. So he'll do um, cheese uh, from time to time. If he does burritos, um, he'll do some sour cream, but that's, oh, and he does do his little bit of milk and that destroys his stomach, but you have to let your kids make their mistakes. So that's on him. Now you mentioned cheese. What do you think about the, the, uh, I call it fake cheese, like the soy cheese and and nut cheeses. What do you think about those kind of cheeses as a plant-based diet as part of it? Uh, I'm a little bit torn. So, um, I grew up in Holland. I'm, um, part Dutch and cheese is a huge part of our culture. So I grew up with cheese all around me. Um, I only like to bring that in, the cheese or um, any kind of the fake meats, every once in a while. I do like Miyoko's cheese because she's local to me. And, um, you know, I think that her, um, the, the cheeses that she makes, they're, you know, a couple of ingredients versus me looking at the package of other cheeses and seeing all of these words that I can't pronounce. Yeah, that scares me too. That, that does. It does scare me. Um, and so I limit it. I really do. And um, I really don't buy it. If I do buy it, then it is a treat for me. And I need to pick and choose what, what it's going to be. Yeah. But it, it doesn't fall within line with my um, spending because you had mentioned, you know, um, not spending a lot of money on groceries. And that's one of the things that I enjoy the most. Um, You don't have to spend a lot of money on plant-based. And I'm always surprised when people say it's so expensive because, you know, I try and keep my weekly budget between, I'd say between 30 and 40 bucks. Usually I'm right at about 28 to $32 um, a week. That's just like remarkable. Is that for both you and your son or just you? Yeah, it is. It is enough food to feed both me and my son. Does my 21 year old eat it all the time? No, he doesn't. But, and the, and the way that I do it is um, when I'm making food, I always look at what's in my pantry. Like my pantry is gold and my pantry is stocked with nuts, seeds, beans, your lentils, anything that is dry. I also have dried fruits in there because that's my, I open up the doors. I know that those are my proteins. So I try and just have my stock in my pantry. So when I go out to the grocery store, I just have to buy my green vegetables, right? Uh, I don't do a lot of fruit at all. um, Just because if I'm going to add any kind of sugar into my diet, it'll probably be in the form of wine or some dark chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) But one one of the keys for people is that, you know, you can stay on a budget and you can eat well. I, I eat really, really well. Um, I have three meals a day, some snacks. 
Um, and you have to get to know your grocer and not just one grocery store. So for instance, I don't know if everybody knows Sprouts, but Sprouts, mm -hmm. I shop for my bulk dry items. And um, if I'm going to go to Whole Foods, I know that I'm only going to go there for two things. It's going to be for my hummus and it's going to be a certain um, soy creamer that I might use in my coffee. If I go to Safeway, it's going to be other things. And, and then I might hit the farmer's market, but it's a process. And the, initially, you might take out a little bit of time, but you're, by the time you hit week two, you're going to be on autopilot because you're going to know exactly what store has the sales. Every Wednesday, Sprouts has a huge sale. Every Wednesday. I buy in season, that keeps the cost down too. Like I said, I have my pantry full of my proteins. So I might wake up in the morning and think, oh, you know, this evening or tomorrow, I think that I might wanna make some chili. So I'll go ahead and grab a handful of my beans, throw it in a bowl and I'll soak it and it'll be ready for tomorrow or the next evening. Yeah. So that's, it's just a matter of training yourself and there's a certain method. Yeah, now you say, I, I heard you say earlier, uh, no, cans and no boxes. I try. And after I had said that a couple of times, because I really don't like to eat out of from cans or boxes, uh, unless it's in a cookie form. I know I have a running theme here with cookies. But um, yeah, if I have cans or boxes, it's in my son's one cabinet that he has. And there'll be black beans, there'll be pinto beans. Um, I might get him some... Um, corn tortillas or some rice cakes. What else do I buy that's canned? On my side, I might have some organic, um, um, a can of tomatoes. And then what else do I have canned? Yeah, it's but, but, very- But mostly like tomatoes, it's fresh tomatoes. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but I wanna be able to make, I wanna know where my food comes from. I wanna be able to make my food and I, I just really don't trust the industry. I yeah. don't. What, what about like um, the Engine 2 brand? The what? You know, Engine 2? Yeah, I know Engine 2. Yeah. Have, have you looked at, at their foods at all or very no. close? No. No. I just yeah. do my thing. I just do my yeah. thing. I, yeah. buy my, I buy my vegetables. I buy my dried goods. And... Uh, I can tell you that I don't make the same meal twice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. You I mean, don't have twice to. in a row. Nope. I don't. Two days. Yeah. No. Um, if, if I'm doing a batch, if I'm in a hurry and I'm doing um, a batch, because the way that I work my system is that I'll shop once a week and I'll only cook twice a week. And twice a week will carry my food for the week. And I also cook for my dog. <laughs> oh wow so in that same budget um i have to have a little bit extra for my dog so i'll probably spend an extra twenty dollars and did so, your dog eat me no my dog did but no not anymore nope. really nope so i cook for her twice a week too wow uh-huh <laughs> it's easy it's just if, if somebody's thinking about eating plants that's not plant-based right now yeah is there any, like, do you have like three recommendations or something like that, that maybe they could begin to explore to see how it works? 
if they want to be plant-based and um, if they want to do things really, really easy, I always say start with your protein. Start with a bean or start with a lentil because you don't need a lot of that and it's so easy to make. So I did this video where I made two different types of soup. I used the same exact ingredients. The only thing that I did was I did a, a, a black eyed pea and I did a lentil. And same exact ingredients, it's just that it turned out differently because I used a different bean and I used different spices, but everything else was the same. So I think that um, starting out, people should start to experiment with their dried goods. Go ahead and take um, uh, uh, an orange lentil, take a green lentil, take some sort of a bean that you like. Um, and then just chop up. I tell my kid this all the time. How did I make this meal, honey? And he says, you just chopped up vegetables. And I said, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it is, I always have my onions, I have my carrots, I have my celery, I have my parsley, and I have my garlic. That's mm -hmm. my core. And then I just add my bean or my lentil and throw in my spices and you're done. So I, I say, and I'm done. So I say, go ahead and take your, take, choose a bean and experiment. And that's why you should go to a bulk section. And when I mention bulk, I don't mean that you have to buy a 50 pound sack. It just means that there are containers there that you can open up and you could scoop as much as you want into your plastic bag or your, or your brown paper bag. And that way you can control how much you're buying and you can control the cost. Um, Another thing that I like to do is um, apples. Apples are huge because wow. your apples give you your snack if you just want to take an apple. If I feel like I want to have some sort of a treat, I can go ahead and um, bake my apples with some cinnamon. I could go ahead and make a quick applesauce. And it's just a way for me to, if I have a little sweetness that I need, to go and include that. So it's beans, the lentils, an apple, and then go ahead and pick yourself up some dates. Wow. And then what do you do for, uh, for breakfast, starting out the day? Yeah, so starting out the day, um, it's super, super easy. You don't have to complicate things. You can either have your oatmeal, you can have your steel-cut oats. Uh, the steel-cut oats, they're um, closer to the oat groat, and they're a little chewier and a little bit nuttier. When you have oatmeal, it's more processed, but all you have to do, and I'm big on roasting, so I'll go to my pantry and I'll choose certain nuts that I want to throw into my oatmeal or my steel cut oats, and I'll quickly throw those nuts, just a handful, in the toaster. Just, oh, really? just for about two, two to three minutes, and I'll throw in some coconut in there. And it gets a nice flavor. And then I just throw that into my oatmeal or my steel cut oats with a little bit of vanilla. Wow. Perfect. You could take your chopped up apple. It, uh, there's no sugar in it. Sweetness right there. You could chop up your dates. If I don't feel like having that, then um, I have enough on hand to make a quick fruit salad. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I feel like I want a hearty breakfast. So I'll go ahead and make a um, tofu scramble. And for me, everything has to be grab and go. Yeah. That's the key, grab and go. So like, like tofu then you're, you're okay with, and do you, do you get like the, 
extra firm tofu or do you get the, the flavored stuff that's already flavored? What do you do? No, because the flavored stuff is more expensive. And if I go and get tofu, I will, uh, I'll get an extra firm. If I want to do a tofu scramble, I'll do an extra, extra firm tofu. And again, it's usually in, in bulk. Um, so I can get the piece that I want and I just keep it in a, um, like a Tupperware bowl with water covering it and I take off as much as I want. So if I wanted to have something flavored and I do this all the time is that I'll go ahead and take that block of tofu and I'll put it between my hands and squeeze out as much water as I can without having yeah. it crumble. And then I'll slice it and then I'll go ahead and marinate it. And usually I'll do this in the morning. I'll just throw in some garlic, throw in some ginger. I might use some nama shoyu or soy sauce, whatever I have in the fridge. And then I let it marinate. And then when I'm ready to use it, I just go ahead and pop it in my toaster oven on a low heat. And there's my flavored tofu where I don't have to go and pay five bucks for a little, little piece that I could eat in one sitting. I can have, you know, five times the amount and last me. Now, have you ever had 40 or $50 weeks? I have. And okay. okay. And it seems like you busted your budget much. It pisses me off, yes. Really? But it's, <laughs> it's because I need a refill maybe on my coconut aminos, or maybe I decide to splurge and I want to have some Miyoko's butter, or I decide that I want to make, um, I'm low on my um, almond flour and I need to restock my almond flour. So that's how I go over budget, but I'm very aware of what I'm doing because it's going to take away from what I need to do the next time. Yeah. Now, I, I know that we talked before and I know that you mentioned about putting together a cookbook. Yeah, I'm doing that right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so just taking all of the pictures and videos that I have, right now I've got about 122 to 124 different recipes, pictures wow. and recipes um, yeah. over the years. So um, I'm taking what's up here that I know how to do blindly uh, and I'm putting it pen to paper. So I am, fingers crossed, I should be finished with that by, um, I'd say mid-January at the very latest. So if any of you, oh, really? yeah, yeah. If any of yeah. you listeners are interested in it, I will definitely make it available. Yeah, because everything that I do, Michael, everything that I do is about being simple because I'm, I'm, I like to call myself a gourmet cook because I can cook anything anything yeah. um but we don't cook like that and yeah. i can go ahead and look at all of the websites and see all of these fantastic recipes but we don't cook like that most of us don't we have the same probably six to eight meals that we rotate but i want to be able to show people how do you take those six to eight meals that you love how do you make them plant-based and how do you change their flavor each time that you make them so it's about simplicity. Yeah. So, and I know too that you like flavor. Like if it's bland, you don't like it. You need flavor. I need flavor. And that's how people, I think, remain successful on their plant-based um, lifestyles. You have to have flavor and it has to taste yummy and delicious because if it tastes yummy and delicious, you'll keep eating it. And that, yeah. 
think that that's the one mistake that people make. And they're also afraid of spices. I hear that a lot um, uh, on my, um, on one of my pages um, where people yeah. say, I'm not sure what to do. Well, mm -hmm. the only way that you know what to do is if you start out small. So as yeah. you're making your favorite dish, um, why not take a small portion of that and see what it tastes like when you put some sage in there or mm -hmm. some margarine, things like that. Yeah. So play with it, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Now, have, have you done any cooking classes in the past? Have you taught people how to cook this way? I have, but just with the friends that come over. And oh. that, was, that was the impetus for me starting all of this because over the years, I've had friends say, I need to learn how to do this. How do I do it? Every time I invite people to my um, house and we have some sort of a dinner party because I make everything and it's always all plant-based, uh, they say, well, how do you do it? I'm ready to buy your course. And well, finally, I decided, well, it's what I'm most passionate about. And when I cook for people, it's, it's all about love. It's about love and it's about health. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may have heard this, and I don't remember now who was talking about this. It was a YouTube video or someplace I, I saw this recently where they said that eating at home was the best thing that you could do for your for your health and your food that as the growth in eating in restaurants has increased so are the health issues related to food and obesity and all that and that if you just go back home and cook more home cooked meals you're going to be better it's so true. It is so true. And, you know, what people don't realize is that um, I, you had mentioned something initially about explaining the difference between vegan and plant-based and vegetarian. Yeah. And, you know, for me, being vegan, there's more of that political and social aspect of it and um, the animal agriculture and being very aware of that and the impact that it has um, not just on ourselves, but on the animals and on our environment. So that's the category that I put vegan, right? And for a lot of people, it's very restrictive um, and they feel like they have to go without. And then you've got the vegetarian and all the different subsections of vegetarian. And that's, yeah, we're doing plant-based, but we're still including some cheese and we're still including butter. And um, some people include eggs, others don't. And there's you know, it's, it's weaving and what's right for me. And again, there are all these rules around it and I'm not a person that likes rules. I just want to know what do I want to eat that's going to make me the healthiest and what can I do with that food? And so for me, plant-based, um, that means that I, my focus is on eating plants, period. Um, does that, does that mean that um, I'm going to not have that that muffin or whatever it is that might have some butter in it or that might have an egg in it. I'll still have it if it's something that I want and if, if it's in front of me, but it's not in my house. It's not what I would do. I wouldn't purchase that. And so um, I think that people need to go back to being simple and they need to know what's in their food. And the only way that you can do that is if you're making it yourself. You know, people go to um, restaurants, me included. I don't order 
um, off the menu. Uh, unless it's a salad and I know what's in it and my dressing is always on the side, but my method is, okay, I'm going out to the restaurant. I will, ask, I will ask to speak with either a manager or I will go directly to the kitchen and I, I will say, can I speak to the chef? And I go and well, I, I remember when we were at True Foods, you ordered, as I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, if you remember, you ordered a salad, but you also told them the way you liked it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're yeah. more than happy to do it. And what people will find is that if they just go and say, may I speak to the chef, and the chef comes out and you say to the chef, I don't use any oil, I don't use any butter. I just want vegetables. Can you make me something? I don't care what it is, as long as it's vegetables. And that gives the chef, even though they have, you know, a, a busy restaurant or kitchen that they're dealing with, it gives them creativity and they prepare something wonderful. And when it comes out, your other dining companions are going to say to you, well, wait a minute, where'd you get that from? It looks better than yeah, what I'm doing. I want that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things that stopped me in my tracks was that my big thing was that I'm always going to take French fries. And then I found out that most restaurants cook French fries with beef tallow. I didn't really. Know. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I didn't know, know that. Yeah. So when we think that we're having some, you know, vegan food or some plant-based food, it's really, yeah, it is, but it's, you know, uh, it's got all that meat substance with it. So um, just going back to the basics and, and what people have to remember as well is that the more you can control what you are eating, the more in line you can be with your health. Because for me, being plant-based is not a diet. It's not a diet. Um, have I lost weight from it? Absolutely. When I first started on my journey, um, I, I kept off 80 pounds. The highest- Eight zero. Eight zero. I remember. I remember going into stores and looking for. I thought that I was a size thirteen, and it turned out that I was almost a size twenty-one. Yes. Wow. So, um, it for me, it's a byproduct of being plant-based because you will drop the weight. But yeah. um, really, it is about. I want to be healthy. We're in a world where um, we're. Pressing all kinds of illnesses. Doctors are quick to give you a prescription. Doctors aren't educated in nutrition. Out of the four years of medical school, they have uh, an option to take, you know, 25 hours of nutritional uh, education. Uh, I look at, you know, the, the animal agriculture and all of the suffering and uh, even if they are raised on a local ranch, what are you giving them? What kind of antibiotics? I don't know what the feed is. So I just assume, go back to basics. Start making yeah. your food. And yeah. it's pretty easy. Yeah. You just have to want it. Yeah, yeah. Now, it. Tell us again when, when your cookbook is coming out. My cookbook will be out mid-January. Nice. I'll be one of the first to know. And then I also have, um, I have a challenge that I'm putting together. More than likely, it'll, you know, people aren't sure what to do with their pantries. So mm -hmm. how do you make that, how do you, how do you create a plant-based pantry and what does that look like and why are you doing that? So that's, that's the first gateway, right? It's figuring out how to do that. 
And then after you go through the challenge, then you can go into my plant-based masterclass. And the plant-based masterclass, the way that I'm setting it up, I want you to see what's, what's the beginning. How do you yeah. start? Where do you get your proteins? Because everybody's worried about their freaking protein, which um, is interesting to me because you have um, people following the standard American diet, which is to me all wrong. Uh, it's processed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yes, it's animal based. And I just did the research and the statistics show that 38% of the U.S. men are overweight. 40% of the women are overweight and it's getting even worse, but you're asking me about where my protein is. I want to know where's your fiber. So, well, like I tell people, I, I eat what the animals eat, plants. plants. And like, even, even like broccoli, there's more protein in broccoli than in a hamburger, than a meat. There is, there is. Yeah. And you know, if you look at, if you take one egg, one egg has about six grams of protein. If I take one and a half cups, so I take one and a half cups of lentils, that's like 27 grams of protein, wow. 27. So are you going to get full from that cup and a half of lentils that you made, this delicious stew, or are you going to be happy with that one egg? Yeah. And I'm going to get more yeah. from my lentils or my beans. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where, where, where you mentioned earlier about um, thinking about bacon cheeseburgers every day. I think a little bit about eggs because I haven't had eggs in a long time. And every once in a while, it's just like, oh, I want to like have a big omelet or, or something, you know, you but I don't do it. I give, you a huh? I give you a secret how you can circumvent that. How so, do I do that? Yeah. So what you could do is um, black salt has a lot of sulfur in it. And mm -hmm. you don't need to use a lot. You can just use a tiny, tiny bit, and that will make whatever you're making have that eggy flavor. So what mm. you could do is you could go ahead and get yourself some um, silky tofu, or maybe you like it extra firm, and make yourself a frittata, but yeah. put, put in that black salt because it's going to give you that eggy flavor. Oh, I'll try it. Thanks. Okay. So as we come to uh, the, the end of our time today, this has been really great. And I really want to have you back once you get the cookbook. Will you come back? Love to. Okay. okay. And I wrote down, and then uh, correct me if I'm wrong, plantbasedforlife.com. Uh, plant it's plantbasedfoodforlife.com. Plantbasedfoodforlife.com. Yeah. And okay. When people go to that um, website, they'll be able to get on my pre-launch waitlist. Oh, nice. Yeah, because the people that sign up on my pre-launch waitlist will get first dibs in my masterclass um, and in the challenge. Um, and then if they want to connect with me online right now, they can always go to Marin Health Nuts. And that's Facebook page. So they can go to Facebook or slash Marin Health Nuts. Nice. But it's all about being healthy. There is no judgment. That's what you need to know, Michael. We're all at different journeys. We're all yeah. on different paths. I'm happy when people put more plants on their plates and eventually they'll see that they're much healthier with the more plants that they're eating. So yeah. no judgment. I just want to be Well, it, it, it's interesting. And I don't want to go down a, a, another rabbit hole too far, but 
lately I have found myself, I'll just steam some broccoli, some green beans, and some carrots, and just steam it up real quick, and that's my dinner. And I'm filled, and it's good, and I like it. Maybe a little vinegar on top or something, but not much. Yeah, when you when you start to live a plant-based life and your food becomes nutrient-rich, you'll discover that you don't need as much of it. And yeah. even though mentally you might think that you want your burger or whatever it is, once you eat that nutrient-dense food, you're not hungry. Yeah. That will carry you over for quite a while. Yeah. 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 Well, th thank you again, uh, Lydia, for being here. Again, it's plantbasedfoodsforlife.com. Um, I'll post that on, on the page as well. So it's there for, for, for anybody. And I really want you to come back again to talk more about your cookbook and um, all the delicious recipes, I'm sure, that are going to be in there. And I would love to. I, 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 I definitely and then, you know, it would be nice also to chat about, it's, it's not just about the food, it's about uh, mind, body, and soul, and the other things that I've done in order to have the complete Absolutely. Food, right? Yeah, 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 that's good. Thanks so much. So, again, Lydia, thank you for being here. Again, this has been Lydia Poehler, plantbasedfoodsforlife.com. My name is Michael Harris, Falling Up Radio. I'm glad you could listen today, and especially if you found something particularly helpful for you as a listener today, please pass this on to uh, your friends and post it on your Facebook page or Instagram that you heard this uh, great interview. And I wanted to mention again, Falling Down, Getting Up. That's my book. You can go to fallingdowngettingup.com and get a free copy of it. And um, Lydia, have an amazing day. Uh, you have a wonderful smile, so just keep smiling. And... Um, the other thing I, I hope you put in your cookbook is how to eat on thirty bucks a day or thirty bucks a week. That would be oh, yeah. a, a great part of it. So. That's a segment, and that's something that you'll learn in the master class as well. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See you then.